0: Hey, you hungry? This hockey season, Domino's has you covered. How about enjoying the game with a large four-topping pizza for only eleven ninety nine? But Domino's is more than just pizza. Add in some delicious side dishes like pasta or chicken wings. And don't forget to try the irresistible marbled cookie brownie for dessert. Whether it's watching the big game, in a hurry, or just because. Trust Domino's to satisfy that hunger. Head on over to domino's.ca to order now. That's domino's.ca.
1: get the meaning behind the numbers and more this is tsn
2: hockey analytics on tsn 1050 the voice of hockey
0: hello everybody happy easter weekend edition of TSN Hockey Analytics here on TSN 1050 Toronto. Across the TSN radio network, I'm Andy McNamara. Give us a follow on Twitter, will you? At TSN Analytics, at AndyMC81. Subscribe and rate us on iTunes, the TSN 1050.ca show page, and we tweet out all the links. On those Twitter handles as well. Great show for you today. We're going to have Scott Cullen from TSN.ca in just a moment. Our DraftKings fantasy hockey expert James Harding on. After that, Travis Yost from TSN.ca in about a half hour, and then ESPN.com senior NHL writer Greg Wasinski to polish off the program. Now, usually he bats cleanup, but uh, today, you know what? We're mixing things up in the leadoff spot. Hopefully, he's going to do better than Devin
3: Travis. It's
0: Scott Cullen. Scotty, how are you? Awesome. How are you doing, Andy? Doing well. I have more faith in you than the Blue Jays lineup. <laughs> I do.
3: <laughs> that's, a, that's a pretty low bar you said.
0: It is, but you know what it isn't? It's this. It's time for the best and
2: worst of the NHL this week. Hockey Analytics Heroes and
4: Zeros with Scott Cullen and Andy McNamara.
0: And the first hero, Mitch Marner from the Toronto Maple Leafs, Scotty, at least one point in every game since March 5th.
3: That's right. Right, an 11-game point streak has five goals, 11 assists. Now he he doesn't have uh, great five-on-five numbers in terms of shots. Like we're getting 48% of shots, 51% of scoring chances, but they're dominant on the power play. And what's interesting about uh, Marner is if you go back to the start of last season, so his entire NHL career, Nikita Kucherov is the only forward with a better points per sixty at five-on-four than Mitch Marner. Um, he's obviously the kind of the, the engine that drives the Maple Leafs power play. Uh, and um you know as they're on a pretty good run here at the end of the season um martyrs you know racking up points night after night
0: and boston's tory krug has been on a nice little tear himself over the past couple weeks
3: that's right you know he he was injured for a little bit but he's come back at nine points in his past five games uh he's up to a career high 57 points this year which um you know he's always been a good puck moving defenseman and kind of his role has expanded year after year but um Pretty remarkable, um, you know, that he he arrived in Boston with you know no fanfare of a college, uh, and has turned into this uh, extremely productive um, puck-moving defenseman who generally has uh, solid possession numbers and now uh, pretty pretty great scoring numbers too.
0: So those are the heroes. For the zeros, we go to the poor Calgary Flames, eliminated from the playoffs, free-falling on a seven-game losing streak. So not a surprise that a flame makes the zero list, and that's Mikhail Backlund. One point, a single goal, Scotty, in the entire month of March. Ooh.
3: Yeah, and it, it's been a pretty rough stretch, and, and honestly, I, I could pick several flames, but I'm picking Backlund in large part because... Look, us in the analysts, to me, we love Michael Backlund. He's, um, you know, he's put up good numbers uh, for quite a few years. And um, but as you say, he's, he's in a rough stretch this month. He has no points in his past eleven games. It, and in that time, Flames are outscored seven nothing uh, at five on five. And and now I think the the bigger issue here is that they're probably missing uh, Matthew Tuchuk on that line uh, with Backlund and Michael Fraleek, But you know, ba- Backlund's a good enough player that it shouldn't. Uh, be such a negative impact to have, uh, you know, you lose Matthew to Chuck for a little while and all of a sudden the, the line falls off the map because that's kind of what's happened. And, um, you know, at the worst possible time as the Flames uh, fell right out of playoff contention and uh, have been eliminated. So, yeah, it's, it's tough to see Michael Backlund in this spot because normally he's a guy mm-hmm. that I'm, I'm happy to heap praise on.
0: And Islanders defenseman Nick Letty finishes off the zeros.
3: Yeah, he could pick a bunch of Islanders here yeah. too. Uh, <laughs> but but Letty is is one who stands out because he plays big minutes. He's their number one defenseman. And so, uh, look in the past eight games, he has one assist. But his course, he's under thirty nine percent scoring chances, under thirty seven percent, and outscored ten to three. What what's kind of amazing to to is that over the course of the season, Letty has been outscored at five on five. He's been outscored eighty one to fifty three, and <laughs> and certainly this is a factor of, of you know being the number one defenseman on a bad defensive team. But also, if you're the number one defenseman, you know some of the the team's defensive record falls upon you. You're the guy who's supposed to, um, you know, push play the right way and, um, you know, maybe maybe not allow a goal per game uh, against at five on five. And so, uh, it, it's been a rough year for the Islanders as a whole defensively. But it certainly stands out on Letty, who otherwise, um, you know, in his career has gener- generally put up pretty solid numbers.
0: That was Heroes and Zeros with Scott Cullen from TSN.ca on Twitter at TSN Scott Cullen. He joins us courtesy of the Domino's.ca delivery line. Guys, get a large four-topping pizza for just eleven ninety nine at Domino's.ca. Forget the ham and turkey, folks. I'm getting a pizza tonight. Eleven ninety nine large four-topping pizza. Domino's.ca. Go to it today, uh, Scotty. Let's go to your uh, rankings here in snapshot on TSN.ca. Preds remain atop and the one spot. The Winnipeg Jets. Jets jump up one from three to two.
3: <laughs> yeah, they, they did, except it was before they got shut out by an accountant.
0: <laughs> ah, yes, <laughs> you, you, you know um, what a great, <laughs> can, can that be like the like a really bad like supervillain name? The accountant.
3: Yeah. Well, the, it's a it's a Ben Affleck movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, and and so so anyway, uh, look, the Jets, the Jets had been on a pretty good run. You know, they'd won six in a row uh were relatively healthy and you know and Patrick Liney and Kyle Connor were were you know shooting the lights out and so everything was looking pretty good and then they they went to Chicago and, and uh you know struggled to a 6-2 loss and, and including you know 14 minutes against uh, a guy who hasn't played uh, competitive hockey in what 12 or 15 years so you know that's uh That's a great story though. It, yeah, it is. It's a fantastic <laughs> story. I love it. It's probably my favorite story the whole season. Uh but you know, in terms of the Winnipeg Jets, I, I kind of chalk it up as okay. That's just that's a a bad night for them. But otherwise, I think they're uh, they're serious contenders this year. And uh, I would say it's been about time because I've I've been kind of you know beating the drum for the Winnipeg Jets for a few years. Just you know, give them goaltending and, and they can get there. Well, they have the goaltending this year and they have more than enough talent uh, to be contenders.
0: Do you think with with Foster like that's going to be just a, a trivia question or a uh, whatever form? Like, like he's going to be able to have that memory for the rest of his life. That's I assume this is a, uh, a one off. We shouldn't be uh, uh, d- digging up some analytics on on Scott Foster no?
3: Well, exactly. And like <laughs> and the funny thing is, right? Is- a, it's been so long since he last played, but when he played uh, years ago at Western Michigan University, like, his numbers aren't great. <laughs> was it, it, it? So it's, it's not like, you go, oh, yeah, well, he was really good back in the day. Well, no, he, I mean, he, well he was good enough to get a uh, – you know, to play a, a Division One college hockey, so it's not – you know, a complete lost cause. But it's not like you have this track record, and you go, "Oh yeah, you you can see where where that came from." Yeah. I think this is just a, a magical night for uh, for where he's come from.
0: It was totally out of nowhere. Uh, now the Bruins last week had fallen to six. They've climbed their way back up to number four. Still some key injuries there, but they're uh, they're getting getting ready for the playoffs.
3: They are, and they're getting healthier. I mean, look, Patrice Bergeron's back. Krug is back. Um, David Backus actually returned the other night. Uh, And, you know, so they're they're still missing McAvoy and Chara, and that's a big deal because that's their top defense pairing. Uh, And and Rick Nash is still out. And so, you know, like I have them kind of hovering in this range between four and six for the last little while because of injuries. But honestly, like if the Bruins are healthy, uh, they're going to be knocking on on the door with the Predators for number one. The question is whether they can get healthy in time for for the playoffs. You know, we're not that far away now. Um, no, and and so look, if if they can get Chara McAvoy healthy, um, you know, I think they they can you know work their way around a, a Rick Nash injury if that's if that's the only guy who's who's really missing uh, as we head towards the postseason. And so. You know, if you get if they get their top defense pair back, uh, the Bruins are going to be very formidable. I mean, they're they're winning games now even without them, but I, I think I think the Bruins would recognize that having Chara McAvoy back would make them better.
0: Oh sure, and well, hey, the regular season wraps up next weekend, right? And then we're yeah. then we get it right into it. So it's coming. And the uh, the Maple Leafs here, they were four last week. They dip one spot five, and that that small drop it mainly due to that home loss to Buffalo.
3: Well, that, that and the fact that the Bruins, you know, are, are kind of leapfrogging them as, right. they, as they get healthier. But, but look, this is, I mean, this is a funny thing. We, as we talk about Winnipeg Look, I think Winnipeg's a real serious contender. Uh, they do have a team in their division that I have ranked higher than them, though so it's Nashville. And <laughs> in the case of the Leafs, you know, the Leafs are doing really well, but, you know, they're still dealing with Boston and Tampa Bay. Like, they certainly have a chance against either of those teams. But it's not going to be an easy way to get out of uh, your division in the playoffs. Like, you know, I look at teams like uh, Toronto, Winnipeg, who are playing tonight, and, and you, you, their road uh, to get out of their division and, and advance further in the playoffs is going to be really difficult. Now, they might be able to do it because I think both teams are really good, but um, they're going to have to earn it. You know, there are some teams who are going to have easier paths because of their uh, softer uh, divisional opponents.
0: And, Scotty, last one for you here. What do you make of the Columbus Blue Jackets when it comes to, to playoff time? Because they had that huge win streak last <clears throat> week. They've won 11 of 12. Seven of those, as you write on TSN.ca, have been by multiple goal victories. Where, where do the Blue Jackets fall, do you think?
3: Well, I, I, I like them in the sense that I would give them a chance yeah. against you know, against Pittsburgh or Washington in, in the metropolitan, because I don't think either Pittsburgh or Washington are as dominant as we've seen them uh, in previous years. At the same time, you know, those teams, I mean, certainly Pittsburgh does has, has a real playoff pedigree that, you know, we can't hang that on Columbus. Columbus uh, has, you know, precious few playoff appearances in their past and, and they're usually short. Uh, and so, you know, but I, I think coming into this, this year's playoffs, if, um, you know, if they're healthy and and ready to go, I would give them a fighting chance against, say, Pittsburgh. Because, look, I think uh, Sergey Bobrovsky is one of the top goaltenders in the league, and that could be the real difference. Because Pittsburgh's goaltending has been shaky. You know, Matt Murray, uh, as much as he's had uh, some issues with injuries, and and um, you know there was a personal issue when, when his father died this year. Like. He's had kind of a rough go, but even when he's played, Matt Murray hasn't really been uh, as strong as he's been in the previous two years. And so, to me, that would be sort of the, the difference maker for Columbus. I mean, they've got guys who I really like, you know, like Seth Jones and Zach Werenski is probably one of the best defense pairings in the league. Um, you know, Pierre Luc Dubois has emerged nicely as a rookie center for them, and you know, they've got some pieces there. Uh, but I think if they're going to knock off um, the other teams in the Metro, they probably need Bobrovsky to play great in the, mm-hmm. in the postseason
0: going to be interesting, and again, one more week of the regular season, and then the march to the Stanley Cup begins. Scotty, thank you so much. Sounds great. Thank you, Andy. All right. Scott Cullen, tsn.ca. A must-follow on Twitter, folks, at TSN Scott and find his work Monday to Friday on tsn.ca. We'll take the break. Some fantasy hockey talk. If you got any fantasy hockey questions, maybe you're in your league playoffs or daily, we have DraftKings and NHL.com. NHL fantasy expert James Harding joins me next. If you have any fantasy questions, you can tweet us at AndyMC81 at Harding underscore hockey. And we'll try to answer those on the air coming up next here on TSN Hockey Analytics.
2: Bolsedeans have 83 points lifetime against Edmondson.
4: McDavid wins the race, shoots, and scores. What a play! By- by Connor McDavid, I can't believe it. It's lobbed in
2: by Sekra, and McDavid muscles his way through a defenseman and buries it past a shocked Jacob Markstrom.
0: McDavid lighting it up. Welcome back to TSN Hockey Analytics here on TSN 1050 Toronto and across the TSN. Radio Network, I'm Andy McNamara, and give us a follow on Twitter, won't you, at TSN Analytics, at AndyMC81, on iTunes, you can subscribe and rate us there, go back, check out past episodes, if you missed any of this one, on iTunes, the TSN1050.ca show page, and we tweet out all the links as well. Joining me now, on the Domino's.ca delivery line, and folks, this weekend, just because it's Easter, don't forget, get get some great pizza, large four-topping pizza, for just $11.99, how about some dessert at get the marbled cookie brownies, side dishes, pasta, cheesy bread. Oh, it's so good. Large four-topping for just eleven ninety nine. dollars 99 Dominoes.ca. That's Dominoes.ca. With some fantasy hockey tips from DraftKings and NHL.com. It's James Harding. James, happy Easter weekend, buddy. How
1: are you? Happy Easter weekend to you, too, as well, Andy. I wonder who would win in a shootout matchup between Connor McDavid and Scott Foster. Oh,
0: <laughs> Scott, he's untouchable. the accountant Right, just get that on the back of the jersey. Yeah,
1: that, that's a great name for him.
0: It's so good, right? You can just so many puns. Is does Scott Foster? Is does he show up on DraftKings lineups now? Like, is this somebody? <laughs> are we gonna um, uh, are, are, are a real value buy, Scott Foster? Uh, I, I don't. I don't
1: believe that he's made it into the system yet. No, not yet. I think you need to accrue uh, a little bit more than ten minutes.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. So probably even if he does show up, probably not a smart buy. Would that be fair to uh, say to our listeners?
1: Yeah. Uh, I would. I wouldn't put my money. I'd spend my money more wisely.
0: Yes. Yes. Uh, only these great fantasy tips from Mr. James Harding from DraftKings here. All right, James. Let's get to our favorite part of the show. Stock up. Stock down. <laughs> So give me two stock-up fantasy plays for this weekend.
1: Yeah, first stock-up fantasy play for the weekend, heading out to Columbus, Thomas Vanek. Uh, Five points, uh, three goals, two assists, six shots on goal in his past two games. Obviously had a hat-trick earlier in the week. Uh, 14 points and 34 shots on goal in his past 11 games. Uh, It's all 14 of his points that he has scored since coming over to the Blue Jackets in the the trade deadline trade with Vancouver. uh, Skating on a very underrated second line out there with forwards Alexander Winberg and Boone Jenner. uh, And they have three games coming up this week. Uh, I know you were talking to uh, Scott Cullen a few minutes ago about uh, Pittsburgh. That's one of the teams that Columbus plays against this week. Another favorable matchup as well against Detroit later on this week. So, I like Vanek, I like where he is right now, and you in in fantasy playoff week you have to kind of ride the hot hand with players like him if you want to try and, and capitalize as much as you can, so I, I really like where Vanek is right now. And then my second stock up of the week is actually is somebody who hasn't played an NHL game yet, but will tonight, and that is Evie Tovinen Hmm. from the Nashville Predators. Uh, Rookie signed his uh, entry-level contract on Thursday with Nashville. He had 36 points in 49 games in the KHL this season and then 7 points in 11 playoff games in the KHL. $2,800 against Buffalo tonight in DraftKings lineups and this morning in uh, line rushes with skating on their first line with Victor Arvidsson and Ryan Johansson. So a highly touted prospect, making his NHL debut this weekend in a favorable matchup in a prime setting uh, for the uh, Nashville Predators. So I really like uh, where Tolvanen is right now for them.
0: Okay, so those are the two stock-up, two stock-down players we should be avoiding in our fantasy lineup.
1: Yeah, the first player I'm going to avoid this weekend, Jamie Benn from the Dallas Stars Uh, One point in his last three games, only four shots on goal. And Dallas has really fallen off in the second half of the season right now, and they have a difficult stretch of games to close out the season. They play Minnesota tonight, and then they finish with three very difficult games in Pacific matchups against San Jose, Anaheim, and the Kings. He does have 70 points this season, 29 goals, and 41 assists. But I, I just don't like... Any of the matchups right now that they have uh, to close out the season for for Dallas. So I'm not buying Jamie Benn. And I'm also uh, jumping off on Mike Hoffman uh, from the Ottawa Senators. Only two points in his past seven games. uh, Five games remaining and three of them against contending teams in Winnipeg, Pittsburgh, And Boston, he is skating on their first line, but I'm just not seeing enough from him right now for his level of ownership in season-long leagues and where his DraftKings salary is to invest much in him.
0: So that was stock up, stock down for your fantasy hockey lineup in conversation with James Harding from DraftKings and NHL.com on Twitter at jharding underscore hockey as he joins me on the dominoes.ca delivery line. Okay, James, now this is an interesting week heading into fantasy. So if you're in league, you're in playoffs. If you're playing daily in DraftKings, of course you can do both, but you have to keep an eye on. The schedule and the teams in and out of the playoffs, because you might have rookies, prospects, whatever, being in and out of the lineup for, for both sides. Right, players who teams who want to rest or or teams that are out of it that want to uh, get some exposure and see what they have leading into next year. Is there some advice, general advice you can give when when looking at lineups heading into this next week?
1: Yeah, the biggest thing that you can do is is honestly pay attention. You know, look at look at social media. Uh, you know, look at DraftKings in, in the notes sections. Um, follow guys on on Twitter who who are in the know. Uh, you know, because a lot of these teams. I mean, the prime example is is Tolvin in there for the Predators. Yeah. You know, signed the other day. Nobody was really sure where he was going to be playing. A lot of people figured that they're top six with Johansson, Arvidson and Forsberg and then uh Smith, Fiala, and Turris was kind of intact and then all of a sudden Tolvanen is skating on their first line in practice this morning. So, you know, it, it it kind of stuff like that is really what the last 2 weeks of the season are because you have playoff contenders like Nashville who have their uh their uh have clinched their playoff spot already but aren't necessarily uh set with a seed. But they're trying something, you know, new to kind of spread out the scoring a little bit and make their lineup a little bit deeper. And then you have, you know, a team like Winnipeg, who is still in contention for a, a top spot out west, and they have four games this week, uh, all against non-contending teams. So you might want to, you know, look at guys like a Kyle Connor or a, or Jack Rostovic or you know, Jacob Trouba's is returning uh, for them tonight. So. You know, guys like that who might uh, have a little bit of a lower salary or a lower ownership um, with very, very favorable matchups coming up over the final week of the season. So, you know, there's a lot of nuances. You know, you look at a team like Florida who has the most games remaining. They have five games coming up next week. As of today, they have six games left. Um, any games, <clears throat> any teams that have remaining back-to-backs on their schedule, if you need goaltending help, you could look at the matchups for, you know, who might start the first game or who might start the second game. If there's a lower ownership goaltender starting the second game and you need a, a spot start that's somebody you could target, you know, like a, a UC Soros or okay. if Toronto has a has a, a second, uh, another back-to-back, you know, somebody like a Curtis McElhinney. I, I'm not sure what their schedule is off the top of my head right now, but, you know, back-to-backs and, and players who aren't uh, deeply owned are kind of the... The prime guys to look at, especially on non-contending teams, over the last week.
0: And last one for you here, real quick, James. Uh, our final stop on the Canadian tour of uh, which fantasy player should you play over the weekend from a Canadian team? We end in Montreal with the Canadiens, long eliminated. Who's your your Montreal play uh, on a DraftKings fantasy roster?
1: Yeah, i I go with Alex Yalchenyuk. Um I don't know if he's going to be there next year, but he's there right now, and, and I like him a lot. Uh, 34% owned in Yahoo! Leagues, uh, dual-eligible center left wing, 5,300 in DraftKings, so he's a mid-level value, uh, four points, two power play points, and seven shots on goal in his past three games, and he has uh, nine points and is averaging 3.8 DraftKings points per game in his past uh, 10 games and he has two uh, points, both assists, in two games against Pittsburgh this year. So he's had uh, some success against Pittsburgh, and he has been playing uh, very well lately, uh, in my opinion, outplaying his DraftKings value this weekend. So I like Chanyuk against the Penguins tonight.
0: Excellent insight, as always, my friend. Thank you so much, and enjoy the uh, rest of the long weekend.
1: Thank you, buddy. Have a good weekend. You uh, And happy Easter to you guys.
0: Yes, happy Easter to you, too. James Harding. From DraftKings and NHL.com, our fantasy hockey expert. If you have any fantasy hockey questions, you can get them on Twitter at Harding underscore hockey. We'll take the break and come back with Travis Yost from tsn.ca to get ready for the playoffs. They start after next week. Last week of the regular season, Travis Yost up next here on TSN Hockey Analytics. Welcome, welcome back, TSN Hockey Analytics. I'm Andy McNamara, TSN 1050 Toronto, across the TSN radio network. That's where you're listening. You can also listen on iTunes, the tsn1050.ca show page. And on Twitter, we post all the links there as well, at TSN Analytics, at AndyMC81. Now, judging from his, his tweet from at Travis Yost, he said he's coming right off of the court. Now, is it, Travis, were you, were you dunking? Were you, were you shooting up some threes there on the basketball court?
4: We we just got done playing. We played back to back games, and I'm all I kept thinking was I got to go on radio in two minutes. And I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like the players during the first intermissions where. Are those the worst where it's like, Hey, like oh. you're trying to get a good answer out of the guy and the poor guy cannot breathe and he's like oh, you <laughs> deep. that's all he can say.
0: Yeah, so uh, can we get like the standard answer like uh, yeah, one uh what one course he a time, you know? Uh one and, and just Yeah, we're gonna
4: we're gonna we're gonna play hard, take it one question at a time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Gasping for air, Travis Yost, always gutting it out. Thank you, sir. Uh all right, hey, you know what? Uh, let's uh, start right here in Toronto. Lots of Twitter jokes being made about how pointless last night's Leafs win against the Islanders uh, felt because the Leafs essentially are not moving out of their third place spot in the Atlantic. But can you pinpoint anything you want to see out of this Leafs team in the last week of the regular season before the playoffs?
4: No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> Stay healthy, <laughs> I, that, right? That's it. That, that, it's pretty much it. Honestly, the one thing I would want to see is I, I know this is weird, but a little rest might help to some of their key players. Mm. I, it can't hurt at this point. They're not moving anywhere. And by the way, they haven't been moving anywhere for about 20-some-odd games. Yeah. I get mathematically it was possible, but very improbable. I mean, they were pretty much entrenched into that three spot. And um, and not only entrenched in the three spot, they were pretty much guaranteed who they were going to play in the first round uh, because of our favorite subject. But um, <laughs> the, the, I, I, would, I would like to see Babcock maybe ease up a little bit. I mean, it's very rare that you have the opportunity to, to let hockey players take a, a night or two off. Um, I, I get that it's a completely different animal in the NBA and even in baseball to some degree. Um, you just have more time to be able to do that stuff. The NHL season is very tight all regular season. Usually, the, you don't have any clarity into the playoff situation until about a week or two weeks left in the season, um, or or even later than that. So this is actually a pretty good opportunity, in my opinion, for Toronto to maybe get a couple a couple games rest for a couple of their marquee players. I mean, it really doesn't matter. I get that you want to head in with some momentum. Maybe you play them all in game maybe two. I don't know. But I, if I'm like Babcock. I'm looking for an opportunity, maybe rest Marner, maybe rest JVR, maybe rest Matthews, a game here or there. Um, what do they got? They, I think they have like four-ish left at this point. Yeah. There's going to be some opportunity here.
0: Well, I would think Freddie Anderson too, right, Travis? Like this guy's been worked hard. Like th- that that might be the guy I would think of sitting for a few over, over maybe the rest. You want to have your goaltender in a groove, I know, but, man, you don't want him to run out of steam.
4: Well, there's no reason why they can't sit him here for four or five days. I mean, yeah. that would be like the equivalent of two games, but – I think I think I think you're dead on. I mean, that's the first guy I probably should have led with, Freddie Anderson. I mean, the workload he I think he's in top I think he's top three or top four in terms of workload for goaltenders around the league. Um, he has he has played a ton this year for Toronto, and he's been fantastic for them. I yeah. I don't think he's going to get a love. There have been some really good goaltending seasons from you know Pekka Rinne, Sergei Bobrovsky, John Gibson. There's about four or five guys that have really really played well this year, but you know it, we we shouldn't overlook how good Freddie Anderson's bed for Toronto. Um, and 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 again, he, he's one of the big reasons why Toronto. Although it it doesn't look great because they're finishing a third in the division, they really have had an outstanding season. I think they broke their franchise record for wins in a season. Um, you know, it, and if you if you get out of the third in division and just look holistically at the league and where they're going to slot, I mean, there, there's a good chance they're going to finish sixth, seventh ish, fifth, sixth, seventh in the entire league. That, that's really respectable season here.
0: In conversation with Travis Yost from TSN.ca on Twitter, at Travis Yost, he's joining us courtesy of the Domino's.ca delivery line. You can get a large four-topping pizza for just $11.99. Try the side dishes, too. If you haven't gone with the pasta or the cheesy bread, try that, the marbled cookie brownie for dessert. Phenomenal. Dominoes.ca for delivery or carryout. Dominoes.ca. Travis, going off of the the first question, uh, this week on TSN.ca, you wrote about how you can use the regular season as an easy measuring tool for the playoffs. So when you conducted your research for this piece, did it cement the idea that Tampa and Boston are the top dogs in the East?
4: Yeah, it certainly did. And moreover, one of the reasons why I think it's interesting, and this is kind of subtle, but last year I looked at this. Head-to-head performance in the regular season, even if it's only over four, five, six games, it actually does correlate pretty well with how those matchups ended up faring in the postseason. Mm. So if a team really got the better of another team in the regular season, there is just a, a relatively higher degree of likelihood they also will in the playoffs. And I think qualitatively we know that, right? It's not You don't have 31 teams that are automatons and they all match up equally against one another. Some teams have things that make other teams feel uncomfortable and vice versa. Um, one of the things that I thought was really interesting uh, was there are, there's one team out of 16 that that are at least actually, I looked at 19 teams, but 16 teams headed to the playoffs. There was one team that has not been outplayed by any other playoff team this year, um, at least with full clarity. And that's Winnipeg. And that, that was interesting to me because they've had some really good battles with Nashville. Um, they, they I think they are almost guaranteed to play Nashville in the second round series at this point, And I think that that could be a, that that's the quality of a Stanley Cup preview, to be perfectly honest. Um, but yeah, out east. Your original question about Tampa Bay and Boston. To me, it's clear as day. These are the leaders in the clubhouse. I think everyone's going to hold out some respect for for Pittsburgh just because of how dominant they are. But I, again, I can't I can't emphasize this enough. I think we talked about this last week. Pittsburgh, if they play Columbus in round one, that is not an easy matchup. And I, I it is it is that Columbus team is a freight train in the last couple of months. And even if Pittsburgh gets out of that series. I mean, you're looking at then possibly Washington into, and I think they'd beat Washington, but then they go Washington into one of Tampa Bay or Boston. Pretty tough road for Pittsburgh. Brutal tough road for Toronto. I don't think it gets tougher than that. Toronto is staring down the barrel of Boston, Tampa Bay, Pittsburgh, or Washington in order. And not to say nothing of a Stanley Cup, which could be either Nashville or Winnipeg. That's got to be, you know, it's again, this is the playoff format, but that that has got to be one of the toughest roads I could think for a team um, starting in the opening round for the Leafs here.
0: And Travis, let's go to Dallas here. The Stars, the wrong side of history, became the first team in the salary cap era to acquire 80 points in 66 regular season games, but still missed the playoffs. And the offseason, it looked like they checked all the boxes, right? They acquired a decent goalie. John Klingberg was a strong Norris Trophy candidate this year. How did this team fall so hard?
4: And, and the crazy part I think you hit right in the beginning is they were good. The majority, of yeah. like, they were very competitive in a very competitive division. And everyone is talking about the collapse in Calgary, and I get it. We had relatively high expectations for Calgary, too, but this Dallas collapse is just as bad. Might, I think you could argue, argue it could be worse. Hmm. Um, I, I think the only saving grace for, for Dallas is they play in a tougher division. But, you know, it, it, I, I know that Colorado is a great story and St. Louis is a great story, their rebound this year, but – I got to be honest, those are not great hockey teams. Like, and, and maybe maybe that's not really the argument. Maybe I'm defeating strawman here. But I, I think we've just grown to adore St. Louis because, you know, everyone's sold on them and now they're playing white hot. And Colorado has been this, you know, sexy improvement story from last year, you know, 40-some-odd points better. Those are awesome stories, but they're not great hockey teams. Like, there's no doubt Dallas should be ahead of them in the standings. I, I do wonder. I, I know that they've made a commitment here, but you have to wonder if Ken Hitchcock or, or – or Jim Niller on the, on, the, uh, on the hot seat in Dallas here. Because the, the, the wheels have completely come off in a year where they absolutely had playoff expectations. Can't imagine the temperament's going to be very good in Dallas.
0: Interesting to follow this offseason for them. And, uh, it, Travis, last one for you here. When we go to the, the other side, we have two teams, one in each conference, that at one point looked out of the playoff picture, but now... Are, are securing wild card spots, but they're they're fighting for third in the division. So they've really jumped up. You mentioned St. Louis in the West, 8-1-1 and in their last 10. And Columbus, 9-1-0 in their last 10 and had another big winning streak similar to last year. Which of these two, Columbus and St. Louis, got hot at the right time? Uh, which one do you think has the better chance to continue deeper into the postseason?
4: Well, I just think St. Louis is going to run into a buzzsaw in round one. Yeah, and Not the Columbus yeah. season either, but the, the Columbus underlying numbers here is, is really the story. I get that everyone likes the winning streak, and they, look, wins matter. I'm not disputing sure, that. I you got to get them. I mean, they're doing, it, they're doing it with like 55% scoring chances over like a 25-game stretch, which is absolutely insane. I mean, that is Stanley Cup caliber. And again, you know, maybe the schedule softened up a bit. Maybe things are clicking. I don't know. But what I can tell you is this. is going to be a Vezina finalist. They probably have the best first pairing in the NHL with, with Jones and Lorensky. I think that's pretty fair to say at this mm-hmm. point. The only other competition I could think would maybe be the Giordano pairing up in, up in Calgary. Um, so they have an elite first pairing, an elite goaltender. And although they don't have that, you know, superstar, superstar in the forward group, they really do have some pretty quality depth. And they've given a lot of teams some trouble this year. I would say the majority of the Eastern Conference have given trouble here in the last, the last half of the season. So, you know, if I'm Pittsburgh, you know, we talked last year about how Pittsburgh and Washington were kind of getting screwed because they were going to have to play each other so early. And they looked like two of the three or four best teams I think people have lost the fact that Pittsburgh is, Pittsburgh is not in a great spot right now. And I know they've had a fantastic season, but if they do finish second in the division, they're going to draw a team that is playing as well as Washington was last year in the first round. And, and that, that, to me, is insane. I, again, I think Pittsburgh will be a slight favorite in that series. But, you know, in, in most cases, I think we'd give Pittsburgh a walk in round one. It is I, I am pretty adamant it's not going to be the case here.
1: Boy, I can't
0: wait for the playoffs, Travis. One more week to go, man. One more week. Uh, you know what? Go hit the showers, buddy. Uh, you were you, <laughs> <earned it>. you... <laughs> Go jack up the threes. Love it. Thanks, Travis. Take care, Eddie. See you, buddy, Travis Yost. Fresh off the basketball court. Guys dishing out hockey analytics gold after just popping up some threes. I assume. I assume he's a three-point shooter. Travis Yost from TSN.ca. All right. After the break, ESPN.com senior NHL writer Greg Washinski joins me to wrap up another edition of TSN Hockey Analytics. That is next on TSN 1050.
2: In left wing side, Smith. His shot goes off the chest of the goaltender. Smith pulls up back for Subban. Clear lane. Shot Three
4: Rebound the score.
0: Back to wrap up another edition of TSN Hockey Analytics here on TSN 1050 Toronto across the TSN radio network. Make sure you get us on Twitter at TSN Analytics at AndyMC81. Find us on iTunes if you missed any of the show and on the TSN 1050.ca show page. Joining me now on the Domino's.ca delivery line. Remember, folks, just eleven ninety nine for a large four-topping pizza. Visit Domino's.ca today. It is Greg Wasinski, ESPN senior NHL writer, co-host of the Puck Soup podcast, on the line. Greg, how's it going, man? It's going well. It's going well.
2: Thanks for having me. I, I appreciate the uh, juxtaposition between uh, the Puck Soup podcast, which is the dumbest, on radio uh, and the Hockey Analytics show, which is one of the smartest.
0: <laughs> we're, we're, we're all about contrast here, right? Opening minds on TSN Hockey Analytics. <laughs> so, Greg, Greg let's, let's start with the Toronto Maple Leafs here, and we've beat this to death on the station and in the market of who the Leafs should prefer to play in the first round of the playoffs. They clinched the other day with the Ottawa overtime win. Lightning or the Bruins? In your ESPN NHL power rankings this week, you had Boston one spot above Tampa Bay. So should Toronto fans take that to mean the Leafs should prefer to see the lightning in the first round instead of Boston?
2: I I, I think so. And that's, that has a little bit more to do with, with Boston than it does with Tampa at this point. I think, I think Boston at the height of their powers with everybody healthy, uh, is, is the best team in the Eastern conference, uh, edging ahead of Tampa, edging ahead of Pittsburgh and edging ahead of Washington, uh, and you know Washington obviously comes with the caveat that if they're going to be the best team in anything, they have to get past Pittsburgh, which they can't do. Um, you know, I I just feel like the Bruins present matchup problems. The, the depth that they have at forward, uh, their the defense has played well. Rask has played well, and then you look at where Tampa is right now. And I've seen Tampa play a few times recently here in the, the New York area, um, and I've got some concerns. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I'm very much concerned about their goaltending at this point. Andre Vasilevsky has never played this many games in a season. Um, he has already stated to local media in Tampa that he feels tired, he feels fatigued. Uh, it could just be a situation where he has to power through and all of a sudden finds his second wind in the playoffs. But, you know, w- without there really being a safety net there and without a guy who, frankly, has been every bit the MVP to that team as Kucherov has been this season. Uh, playing as well as as he's, he as he, you know had been in earlier in this season, I think is a real concern for Tampa right now, and it's something that the Leafs might be able to prey upon.
0: So, Greg, outside of that, when we look at the the whole uh, possibility of of who's going to play who in the NHL uh, playoffs, you dove into the eight potential landing spots for for this summer's uh, most sought-after free agent. So, we'll take a, a pause from the the playoffs and move into John Tavares here, you gave both sides of the coin detailing why the fit would and would not work for any given spot. You ranked eight teams that you gave um, uh, most likely to land Tavares. Where do you think the Leafs would be in that conversation?
2: I mean, the only place I see the Leafs in that conversation is if if, if Tavares, uh, you know, starts reading Reddit, (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, and decide yes. to do what all the Leafs fans want him to do, which is to sign a like a one year deal at a low, uh, a low, a low cost to try to play. Or you know, it could be a decent cost. It's one year yeah. deal, but a one year deal to kind of try to win a cup with Austin and, and the boys. Um, I, I don't see that as being viable. I think Tavares knows that for the security of himself and his family, he needs to uh, maximize the financial potential and term on this contract. Uh, but for me, the Leafs have. Bigger fish to fry. I mean, you know, the deficiency on this team isn't necessarily the lack of a John Tavares. The deficiency on this team is the lack of a Eric Carlson or a Drew Dowdy type player on yes. the blue line. And that's really where I think their resources and their money should be focused. But as far as possible destinations goes, I still say the smart money is on the Islanders, despite the issues with the arena, uh, despite the fact that the new arena won't be available for, you know, more than a few years despite the size that the team, is kind of a mess as far as its construction goes. He's, he's stated too many times to me and to other people that he wants to be an Islander and win as an Islander. And as a rule, I always consider the fact that NHL players never like to move their stuff, and his stuff's <laughs> in New York. But if I had to say there'd be other potential landing spots for him, I think Montreal's definitely a possibility. You know, the relationship between Mark Bergevin and Pat Brisson can't be understated. They're best friends. Uh, I think the St. Louis Blues have clearly uh, you know, uh, and aggressively made salary space to potentially make a a run at them. And the San Jose Sharks have been a team that's been mentioned numerous times as far as getting Tavares to sort of transition into the next phase of that franchise as Joe Thornton ages out, and I think that's a possibility too. I would say those three teams and the Islanders would be the ones that I would focus on at this point.
0: And also, we have to remember, despite – Leaf fans wants on a one-year deal to create that kind of NBA-style super team. Like That doesn't usually happen to superstars in the NHL, like in the NBA or NFL, where you get a guy on a one-year deal and then move on. Typically, the stars are signing those six-, seven-, eight-year deals, right?
2: Yeah, and the only only time I can remember it happening was actually Brad Richards going to the Chicago Blackhawks, and that was only because he got bought out by the Rangers, and he was able to make a a one-year deal with the Blackhawks for like a million bucks. Because he had all that buyout money, uh, kind of putting wind in his sails. It it never, it never happens in the NHL. I don't think it will happen in the NHL. And if it were going to happen in the NHL, I don't necessarily think that Toronto would be his first choice. I I think if he was going to try to make the money work and 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 go for a year someplace, in theory, that's going to be Tampa, where you know one of his close friends, Steven Stamkos plays, where they have uh, you know Victor Hedman on the blue line, uh, and might be a little bit closer to a cup than than are the the Maple Leafs at this point. So. Even if you were going to play that game, where he's going to go with a, a short-term deal to try to make something happen, I, I think it, it wouldn't necessarily happen with the with the uh, Leafs.
0: In conversation with Greg Wyshynski, ESPN senior NHL writer, co-host of the Puck Soup podcast here on the Domino's.ca delivery line. All right. Like, hey, we have to get in some Vegas Golden Knights talk, right? We look at that, what the 2017-18 the regular season has been so far. And boy, Vegas has been the story. One of the best teams. They've struggled a bit as of late, but really overall, one of the great stories from, from start to finish here. Come playoff time. Does this Knights team, is this, okay, hey, this has been fun, uh, but come playoff time, it comes to an end? Is the is the, the clock going to strike 12 on the Cinderella story?
2: I still think they're good enough to win around, um, and especially with Hallmite's advantage, where obviously we it's been well chronicled how well they play there. Uh, the, the The only team that they could potentially face in the first round that gives me a little bit of pause are the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, I think the atmosphere for those games would be quite interesting. Uh, the, the Knights have done what they can to keep Kings fans out of that building, uh, but there are a lot of Kings fans that live in Vegas and that are obviously, you know, within driving distance of Vegas, and that could make for a, a, a less than a dominant home ice advantage for Vegas in that series. But as far as you know, the way the, 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 the way of the world's with this team right now. It was obvious that their PDO was going to regress at some point. Sure. It was it was sky high for most of the season. Uh, there was going to be some course correction for the Knights, but at no point has has course correction then led into them falling off a, a cliff statistically. So I, I'm encouraged by the fact that they've continued to play good hockey. Uh, I, I'm encouraged by the fact that they have you know been rolling four lines and 3D pairings all year long, and I think there's going to be some 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 matchup problems for teams that do face them in the playoffs by virtue of of how deep they are and and how everybody feels like they're all kind of rowing the boat at the same time so i I think they're still good for a a first round win depending on matchup i just don't really think they might get anywhere beyond that
0: and last one for you here greg been a tough year overall for nhl hockey in canada outside of toronto and winnipeg every other market has had a disappointing season if you had to pick one team, who out of Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver, Ottawa, or Montreal is most likely to be in the postseason next year? And that's obviously projecting because we don't know free agents and trade, but just as it stands now.
2: Uh, well, that's a good question because, I mean, if, if you're going by the, the sort of uh, lay of the land uh, around them in their conference, you'd, you'd want to say it might be an Eastern Conference team. You might want to say it's Montreal. Uh, only because the East is going to be an easier access point than, than the West is, I think, overall. But, you know, I, I think the Calgary Flames are a real conundrum. Uh, and, and, a, and a team that, to me, is one that has a glaring deficiency behind the bench, I think if you get a different coach in there. And maybe it's Elaine Vigneault from the Rangers. If he gets fired or it ends up being Dave Tippett, who obviously has a previous relationship with GM Brad, Brad Living from the uh, Coyotes. There's a lot of candidates out there that I think could come in and whip this roster into shape. Uh, and as long as they get solid goaltending, if it's Mike Smith again or one of the kids, uh, you know I, I think this is a team that could turn it around. They're they're just way too talented. They need to add some depth at forward, but overall, you know you can't deny the Monahan, Goudreau and the four defensemen that they have on
0: that team. Greg, really appreciate the time, man. Thank you so much. Let's do it again soon. You
4: got it, man. Thanks for having me.
0: That was Greg Wyshynski, ESPN senior NHL writer and co-host of the Puck Soup podcast. All right, folks, that'll do it for another edition of TSN Hockey Analytics. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at TSN Analytics at AndyMC81. iTunes, get the podcast there. And the TSN 1050.ca show page will tweet out the show link as well. So that'll do it. So for producer Sean Lavery, I'm Andy McNamara. You've been listening to TSN Hockey Analytics on TSN 1050 and across the TSN radio network.